We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks' upcoming matchup against the San Antonio Spurs. Rookie phenom Victor Wembanyama's first trip to the grandest of all basketball stages, Madison Square Garden. That's right, Wemby and the Spurs and their most likely path to 25 wins and all the hysteria that's coming with it on Wednesday night for Wemby's first game. Game at the Mecca uh, nationally televised game. Um, French media, American media will be all over this. We'll see just how well Wemby performs. And joining me to talk about this matchup in just a second will be Jeff Garcia. Uh, he's one of the co-hosts of Locked on Spurs. He's also a reporter in San Antonio who covers the Spurs for KENS 5 uh, in Texas. So uh, good perspective from him. Been covering the Spurs for over 20 years. It sounds grew up watching the Spurs as well. So he has seen the rise of the Duncan era Spurs, the Robinson era Spurs, the could have been with Kawhi. And then this mini rebuild that has restarted the Spurs. Uh, so I think you're going to enjoy hearing from him in just a little bit. The Nick Spurs connections are obvious because the first one is the last time the Knicks went to the NBA Finals. So 1999, as an eighth seed, the Knicks make it to the NBA Finals in a strike-shortened season. Uh, they lose in five to the Spurs. A young Andrew Claudio was watching the Knicks as a fan for the very first time that season. I was a Michael Jordan guy my first couple of years because he helped save the Looney Tunes. And then I decided to root for the Knicks. And while I was crushed experiencing my first Knicks heartbreak in 1999, I said, you know what? This will get better. They'll get back to the finals again. Probably plenty of times since this is just what the Knicks do. This, this, this is the Knicks. The next best thing after following the Bulls in Chicago and Michael Jordan. We follow the Knicks, right? Plenty of success down the road with that plan. Um, we're, we're still waiting, but we're still believing here in New York. Uh, some other Knicks-Spurs connections. Uh, Dougie McBuckets. Doug McDermott is a member of the Spurs. He was a Nick for a hot minute, quite literally half a season. And then he was traded for two first round picks or two second round picks. Uh, some, something about this is telling me Emmanuel Moutier was in that deal. All I remember is Doug, Dougie McBuckets was in that trade. Uh, 
and was a Nick for half a season. So um, you will get a good look at him on on Wednesday night. Uh, there's a Fournier connection with Wemby because they're both very prominent French basketball players. And with French media ascending onto the Big Apple in Madison Square Garden on Wednesday, I'm going to assume that we'll hear something from Fournier and the fact that he has not played a minute yet in the regular season. He's been very vocal and critical about the Knicks and how his benching was handled. Um, we do talk about that, Jeff and I, in just a little bit, the the reasons for why and the justifications for it and also the empathy for Fournier and the situation he's found himself in. Um, so that's coming up in just a second. Last thoughts, the Spurs coming into this game are coming off a 35-point loss, really a 41-point loss to the Indiana Pacers, gave up 152 points on the season. The Spurs are averaging 108 points per 100 possessions, which is good for 22nd in the NBA. They're giving up 120 points per 100 possessions. Uh, The only team worse than them is the Washington Wizards, who I think are going to lose 70 games. So that's 29th in the league in defensive rating. And then per 100 possessions, they're being outscored by 11.6 points, which is good for worst in the NBA. That's right. This team that uh, I think is going to lose 70 games. The Wizards is being outscored fewer point by fewer by fewer points than the San Antonio Spurs. The Knicks should be able to score on this team if they hit shots. That's my initial thought going into this. Um, the Spurs do have three wins, though, because they had this crazy win against the Suns uh, in a comeback fashion. Uh, it required a, a, led to a steal down the stretch, and, and it was on TNT, and the the Spurs were able to steal that one. And then they played the Suns again in a back-to-back and blew them off the court. And Wemby had 38 points, and people thought this was, you know, uh, a coming-out party. You wonder what he's got in store from Madison Square Garden and if the Spurs will let it happen. Let's get into it and see just how possible that breakout is. Here's my conversation with Jeff Garcia of KENS5 in San Antonio and Locked On Spurs. Enjoy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jeff, how you doing? Thank you, Andrew, for that introduction. You forgot. Adopted New Yorker right there. That's adopted right. New adopted New Yorker. Yeah. Spent, spent some time recently living in the Big Apple. And a lot of years. To make it even more local or, or more close to home for me, in Queens over at Sunnyside, yeah, as we were talking about yeah. uh, before the pod. So so I know you're not coming to, to New York for this no. game, but the connection of New York and San Antonio being in your life, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're looking forward to this game a little bit extra. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York uh, holds a special spot in my heart. Uh, you know, San Antonio is my native home, born and mm-hmm. raised. But as mentioned, New York City is just, uh, I, I consider it my adopted home. But yes, um, Victor is in the Big Apple. It's going to be a great game. Um, you, you know, I know we'll get into specifics in a while right now, but believe it or not, despite having, you know, what possibly or who could possibly be the next generational player for this league, Spurs fans are already upset. I'm not kidding. Whoa, already upset with what? They're already upset. Not at Wimby, but at everybody else around him. Uh, They're really frustrated by how players, uh, his teammates don't force feed him the ball. Uh, How do you not, how do you only go to him twice in an overtime game versus Mm. Toronto? Uh, uh, There's issues with his usage. So after that phenomenal game he had versus Phoenix, you know, uh, that monster performance, his usage rate has gone is starting to decline since those since that game. So yeah, their their fans are already uh, kind of upset already. They, they want to feed him. They want him, you know, give him the ball, uh, you know. But I don't know. If that's just an adjustment period right now, play calling, whatnot. But uh, it's these are the, the growing pains. You know, Victor's going to have to get used to the league. His teammates are going to have to get used to playing a guy like that. You're still seeing players. Uh, like from Kelvin Johnson to Devin Vassell doing chest passes to him. Don't do chest passes. Don't, don't. Just lob it up really, lob really it, high. Yeah. Nobody's going to get him. So you still, you still see that. But, uh, you know, this is just growing pains. Uh, you know, I, I say wait till about after the All-Star break. Then we'll see if they're cooking or not. So first of all, speaking of lobbing things into to Wemby, lobbing the mm-hmm. ball in, that probably was my favorite play from the second yeah. Suns game when I, I forget who the, who the guard was, but uh, Wemby's being front-faced by Durant. Mm-hmm. And whoever the guard was just realized, wait, I can just throw it up. Like, I, he was trying <laughs> to get it to him. He's like, oh, no, yeah. he's not open. He's like, wait, yeah. there's vertical spacing too. And just yeah. the realization. And whoever the guard was walked back to the timeout. Just like, yeah. hey, man, this that the play's open every time if we want. Um, so let's stick here right, for yeah. a second. You- are, are Spurs fans upset with the players for not doing it? Is there any animosity toward the coach for not featuring him where's yeah. the where's the frustration directed towards you, you said it and hit all of the all of the above um, okay wow you know uh coaching you know you know pop why aren't you calling more plays for him you know players you know not giving him the ball um so i, I just i'm gonna chalk this up to just six seven games in okay fine you know, we'll see how they are, you know, come midway point of the season. We'll see how Wimby is. We know his trajectory is sky high. It's so he's only going to get better. We know that. But you're seeing the adjustment of him. You know, he he just he looked awful in that second game of a back to back versus the Pacers. I mean, the Pacers scored 152 points. I saw. Yeah, that yeah. that's just ridiculous. Unacceptable. Uh, and Wimby struggled. That was his first, uh, first NBA back to back. I want to see how he adjusts to an 82 game packed NBA schedule out in France. It was three games a week with a lot of spacing in between the uh, playoff system in France was not as stringent and the next day, every other day kind of thing. It was spaced out. Uh, we'll, so we'll see, you know, you're seeing players already getting physical with him. Robert Covington uh, now for the Sixers, you know, when he was with uh, the Clippers, they asked him, you know, hey, so how did you handle Wimby? I, like, I just shoved him out of the way. 
I just shoved him. And you're seeing that every night he's getting pushed. He's getting pushed. He's getting pushed. And, you know, he shouldn't be surprised. There's a big target on his back, a huge target on his back coming into this season. So growing pains, my good friend, growing pains. But, you know, the light of the tunnel is that his potential is out of, out of this world. Alien, you know, mm-hmm. is it called the alien. Right. And, uh, you know, for me, X's and O's wise on the court, uh, I like, like to see him stop chucking up so many threes. Really? I know he wants to, I know he wants to showcase his diversity. He's made it very clear. He is diverse on that floor. He says, don't pigeonhole me. I'm not that post in the basket with my back and I'm going to turn and do something. Now, he wants to show that, but there's some times where I'm like, Lou Dort's on you in the block. What are you mm-hmm. doing? You know, or Dennis Schroeder's on your, on, uh, uh, got to switch up on you. Why are you coming back out to the three line? Um, so, but again, you know, you know, kudos to him. He can knock down those three. We saw versus Indiana. He had a, he had a Steph Curry, like three deep way from way uh, beyond the arc, but his evolution uh, continues. What I'm interested in seeing is how he's going to deal with a rookie wall. Every NBA rookie smacks their face into it from Jeremy Sohan to Devin Vassell to some of your rookies out in New York. They're going to run into it. And I want to see that adjustment when he, that 82 game season catches up to him. And oh, guess who's next on his schedule? It's just Joker or Joel Embiid. Yeah. You know, some sort of like, I, that those, those kind of things along his way. We know the, the the tools are there. We don't we don't have to dig deep. I always tell Spurs fans, I lock those Spurs. I don't have to go into the numbers. We know what he can do. You know, keep your eye on how he thrives in the league. How if the league is going to beat him down? If if being pulled left and right, and you know he's doing most of the post game conferences, not all, but a good chunk of them because he has to service the United States uh, media and the French media. Mm. So his, his sessions are a lot longer uh, than uh, normal uh, than, you know, Devin Vassar or Zach Collins coming out. Then he's getting pulled for exclusive interviews. And then, you know, who knows if, you know, well, we know he'll be at the all-star game because of the rising stars challenge, but what if he has to play with the West all-star squad, you know, we get to that point and then we'll see how, that's why I say, let's wait till after the all-star break. Let's see where he is in his uh, rookie development. But Andrew, we got to understand he's a teenager. I, there's sometimes Andrew, I'm at that con- conference room, um, and I'm like, I'm talking to a teenager, you, you know, a 19 year old. So you got to keep that in, in perspective. You know, his body will come in. You know, just naturally. You know, we get thicker as we get older, so that'll happen. You know, the the, the training regiment they'll have him doing uh, to help in in that department. That that that'll come. He's just, I think getting Wimby was great, but I always make this a point on locked on Spurs or not. The Spurs are not out of the woods yet. There's still a rebuilding team. You got Wimby. Yay. Congratulations. But you're not out of the woods yet. Right. You know, there's a, there's a, like, yeah, a point guard controversy right now in San Antonio. You know, the numbers don't lie. Trey Jones, every time that he's on that court for the Spurs, they flourish. I think he's only had one negative in the plus minus category one game this year. Mm-hmm. He's a plus 10, plus 12, plus eight every time he's on that floor. And guess what? The numbers don't lie. Offensively, Wimby thrives with a point guard next to him. 
Trey Jones gives him the ball near the block. Jeremy Sohan is a starting point guard for the mm. Spurs, and that's not his natural position. And it shows uh, costly turnovers, just dumb passes. You know, kudos to Trey Jones. I spoke with him. He said that, hey, you know, he understands where Sohan's going. It's a difficult spot, but he's okay coming off the bench. Sohan is saying, yeah, sometimes it's not going to be pretty. Popovich says, Sohan's not Chris Paul. I mean, so I don't get that. I think it'll it'll switch. I think the, if the numbers and the losses, if the numbers reflect positive and the losses start mounting, I think they'll, they'll switch it out. So that was going to be my follow-up to that, yeah. um, as well as I have a couple follow-ups as well. But the point guard controversy between Sohan and, and Trey Jones, yeah. what was the reasoning Pop gave for starting someone that wasn't a natural point guard? Uh, yeah, the yeah. Lineup? They... they, they they experimented this uh, last season. Okay. But I, you know, many of us took it as uh, we know what they're doing. You know, <laughs> we know what they're <laughs> tanking, you know, to get those numbers uh, higher, those, those odds. Uh, uh, Experimenting, as you said. Experimenting. Yeah. 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 You know, I was at MSG in that tight game between the Spurs mm-hmm. and, um, and the uh, Spurs Knicks. played the Knicks really well last year. Right. Yeah, right. right. So instead of, so instead of giving the inbound play, the ball to, your Doug McDermott's, your Gorgie Dang. I'll take Gorgie Dang. They give it to a 19-year-old rookie, Jeremy Sohan, to run the fight. So, like, we know what you're doing, Pop. But so I kind of I understood that. And then this year, they went with it again. Uh, I was surprised the Spurs let go of campaign. They really thought that, I mean, fine. Trey Jones off the bench, perfect. But still, you got at least a veteran, a proven veteran that can run the, run the point guard spot. Uh, so they let him go, and they're so thin right now in that department. It's just, I mean, technically, Jeremy Sohan, I mean, on paper, he's the point guard, and Trey Jones, and that's it. That's all. That's it. They don't really have a floor general. Their floor general is Trey Jones, but he's a bench. So it could just chalk it up to seeing what the Spurs want to see in Sohan. Let's see what he can do. Let's test his medal kind of thing. Uh, it could be also, too, that if they flip it and Trey Jones starts, then who is going to run that second unit? Let's just say the Spurs are up 10, 12 points and so Hank goes off the bench and, you know, well, there goes the lead or, you know, vice versa. We need a spark off the bench as bringing somebody who can steady the troops. So I'm going to be watching that throughout the season. Do the Spurs make a move? I don't I, I just because you get Wimby doesn't mean everybody else is not untouchable. I really still think that this season, a lot of the players are on audition for the future with Wimby. Well, so that if was, you gonna, don't, yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead sorry. Go ahead. No, well, no, no, so go ahead. One of my questions that I had about this season in particular, and some of it does actually apply to the Knicks in that the Knicks chose not to extend Emmanuel yeah. quickly. Their sixth man of the year candidate, their quote unquote backup point guard, who's a bit of a Swiss army knife. And he's able to come in and play with Jalen Brunson to spell Jalen Brunson to honestly fill the shoes of Jalen Brunson amicably whenever he's uh, Brunson mm-hmm. needs a night off or if Brunson's injured, at yeah. least he was able to do that last season. And the thought at least come out from quickly's camp is he wants to start, he wants to start games one day. And mm-hmm. we've looked around at all the teams with cap space and that may have a point guard availability uh, mm-hmm. or a position that's open. And the Spurs are on that list. Mm-hmm. So the expectations for this season, is it like 
we're just going to, it's all about Wemby and like mm-hmm. whatever his development is, is mm-hmm. the most important thing. And the point guard of the future is in the draft or, you know, could the, could the Spurs yeah. be a landing spot for Emmanuel quickly? His, has his name come up in no. Spurs fan? Okay, so not yeah. even on the Spurs radar. Not it's actually going to be a relief to a lot yeah. of Knicks fans. So not, is not the point the guard radar. of the future on the roster? Or are they? It's another lottery pick that they're aiming for. I, I, I think uh, this season is going to be about, uh, you know, Wemby's development. They, they made it very clear that they're going to let him take his time. Mm-hmm. And, and adjust. They're not going to rush it. They're not going to rush the process. Um, as far as the point guard position, Trey Jones and whatnot, I I think they they they're invested in him. They they up they gave him a uh, a new contract. They so mm-hmm. they extended him out. They gave him a nice pay raise. But the point guard of the future starting, I don't know. A point guard on the roster, yes, I think that's okay. Uh, I. The Spurs have so many options. That's what's awesome about the squad. You, you know, I'd be shocked if Brian Wright doesn't get some sort of recognition for executive of the year or at least get a lot of votes because what he has done in recent years, I mean, imagine flipping Thad Young, Drew Eubanks for a first round pick, <laughs> you know, uh, amassing a war chest of picks and the Spurs still have how much cash to spend? I mean, they're, a ton they're, of cap space, yeah. Ton yeah. of cap space. So, and guess what? All their contracts are very flippable. So there is, they're not like some crazy James Harden, you know, <laughs> how are you going to move that deal? Nothing like that. They're, they're, they're manageable. So he's put the Spurs in the right position moving forward with Wimby. So let's just say, you know, uh, up and coming point guard. That's already a little bit seasoned in the league. He wants out or they can pick up the phone and make a deal because they have how many first round picks, how many unprotected first round picks, how many second round picks, how many young guys on the roster that if the right deal presents itself or a player is on their target, they can't afford to match any deal or give a, a team. I'm going to use the next, for example, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you guys got quickly. How would y'all like to have, an unprotected first round pick and cash and second round picks. You know what? That's just an example. So right, they, they, right, they, right. yeah, they, they, they can definitely play with that, but yeah, I, I whew, you know, this point guard spot is going to have to change. It's going to have to change quick because it's just not working. Then if, if you have Jeremy Sohan just coming down the court and then, oh, I got my ball picked. The ball, there goes the ball. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. what you're seeing. You're seeing that. You're seeing a lot of forced passes. And look, credit to him. He's trying. He's he's not, uh, you know, just floundering out there terribly. I mean, he is. He's getting better. The numbers do show it. I mean, obviously, with more practice and more experience, more gameplay, you're going to get it. His assist numbers are decent. They're pretty good. It's it just the turnovers are still high. It's just not his natural position. It's just yeah. not his natural position. Which so, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Something's yeah. gonna have to give soon. With the point guard position, the the Knicks a couple of years ago actually chose yeah. not to start Emmanuel mm-hmm. quickly when Derrick Rose went down, when Kemba Walker just showed that he probably yeah. his, his the the his career had come to an end. Um and they turned to Alec Burks. I shouldn't say they. Tom Thibodeau turned to Alec Burks as his point guard, yeah. which wasn't his natural position. And it created a, a large consternation amongst the fan base. Ironically, 
the Alec Burke starting five like had a positive net rating. So you can mm-hmm. argue it worked, whether it mattered that in a season they won 37 games, the starting five had a, had mm-hmm. a good net rating with them. Like mm-hmm. it's up for debate. You probably should have just given quickly a look to see if he could play point guard. Uh, but I understand from the perspective of a rebuilding team, but more specifically a, a fan of a rebuilding mm-hmm. team that like what you want to see less matters as far as like wins and losses. Yeah. I guess because you bring up the fa- the the locker room of it all and how mm-hmm. the guys don't necessarily know their long-term futures on this team. So what has the atmosphere in the locker room been that it's, knowing it's that been great. it's been yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's been good. Yeah. There's, you know, the locker room is very lively. The guys are chatting it up. Kelvin is just something else. If you've never experienced, if look, if you do go to the game tonight or mm-hmm. whatever this airs, if you have a chance to go to the Spurs locker room, go because Kelvin Johnson, no well, matter so win or loss, we don't go into. Unfortunately, guy. we don't have the access to the locker room. So tell oh, us, okay. like, what is Kelvin Johnson like? Yeah, even during the tank season, and even this year in losses, you know, he's coming out full of energy, jokes around with media. He always looks at us, says, "You guys are still here," <laughs> you know, um, asking, um, you know, his uh, teammates. Uh, you know, just 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 being a silly guy. He's very right. silly, very uh, full of energy, always positive. That's one thing I like about, like about this team. This first team, they don't dwell on the past. They move forward and they move, at least the young players do. They move forward quick. Devin Vassell, you know, kudos to him. He's really taken the mantle of the leader of this, this, te- this, this team. And in these losses, uh, especially against Toronto and, of course, against Indiana, you, you're, you're seeing the loss of him. I've been debating about this, and this comparison should not surprise you considering what's behind me right now. Um, I, I think as of right now, it's really Devin Vassell, the Batman of the uh, team. And okay. Wimby is the Robin. And I think that, that's going to flip, obviously. Soon. Interesting. But, okay. Because you, you see them sputter without Devin. You're losing a 20-plus point score. You're missing defense. You're missing a guy who can knock threes down. You're missing a guy that can take it to the rim. You're missing a guy that, you know, is considered the leader of the team, you know, on that floor. So uh, I, I obviously this is Wimby's team for the future. And, and right. you know, that, that that's that way. But as of this second in time talking with you, Andrew, uh, my opinion is that it's really Devin who's the Batman and Wimby is the Robin for now. So it's like the Dark Knight Rises version yeah. of the these characters <laughs> where yeah. like Batman is well, I guess I don't think Devin Vassell's gonna disappear for six months while yeah, he goes that, on lockdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. but to your point, like at the end of that spoiler alert for a movie that came yeah. out in 2012, but spoil um at the end of that movie, Robin takes the mantle. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about AG1. 
Going into this season, I decided it was time to make a change. My digestion didn't feel its best. I felt sluggish, stressed, didn't feel as focused, and knew I needed to do something different. So I decided to give AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, a boost in energy, and I hated taking pills of vitamins. Well, when I started drinking AG1 daily, not only could I see a difference in my daily health, but I finally had energy and noticed how much more relaxed and focused I was. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs, such as gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to evaluate your baseline health. Fun fact, I recommended AG1 to all my friends, family, and Mrs. Claudio. We drink AG1 first thing in the morning to make sure we have the energy needed to take on a busy day. There's no debate, AG1 AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash filmschool. That's drink. That's drinkag1.com slash filmschool. Check it out. It's got to be an interesting dynamic knowing that while he is a rookie, while he's a teenager, he's also the future of the franchise. Um, and I'm sure that not only matters to the players, but matters to pop. And mm-hmm. yeah. I, I should have led with this. How long have you been covering the Spurs? How long have you been covering Ooh. pop? Um, my best guesstimate is early 2000. So about, I'm going to say oh, maybe so 2000. My so goodness. 2000, yeah. So then you'd probably be the best person to ask this. Like, I know... I know in the mid 2010s, he went through some personal tragedy and I know a yeah. lot of people outside of San Antonio speculated mm-hmm. how much longer right. he had in yeah. the league or wanted to be in the league. Did, did you sense any like end of the road for him in mm-hmm. after that happened? And yeah. I, I mean, to those who want to look it up, go look it up. But yeah, the fact that this second stroke of lottery luck now mm-hmm. hit the Spurs, has that now extended his career? Yeah. You think? Yeah, I, I think it has. Uh, you know, I, I actually thought he would um, hang it up when he got into the Hall of Fame. Okay, I really thought that. I thought you know, you know, once it was announced, then you know, what better way to call it a career than you're at the Hall of Fame and then you end it with, and it's been a fun ride or something like that. I mean, kills, <laughs> right? You know, but you know, because he he's now with the three guys that helped, well, you know, pretty much did the glory for him, Duncan. Right. Parker and Manu. So I thought that's the way you go out. That's you go in with those guys. You're, you're you go in with Parker. You know, he is your he that's Pop's Hall of Fame classmate. And um, at your side is Manu and, and Timmy. So sure, why not? But no, I, yeah, obviously the end is coming soon, sooner, you know, than many Spurs fans would like. Although, well, there I go. That's for a whole other story there. You know, speaking of the dark night, you know, there's sometimes I look at how Spurs fans react to Pop now, and it's that line, you know. You are there was a you either die young a hero oh, or live long enough to be hero. a villain. Yeah, live long to be a villain, and that's what it's kind of turning into right now. So like, even oh, why don't you play him? Yeah, so, this is a fascinating dynamic that I've since I've been doing these yeah. pregame pods because part of the reason I even wanted to start yeah. a project like this was 
like I thought Tibbs had quibbles that I had for mm-hmm. him. I but the venom directed his at him yeah. was like, okay, Thanks does every venom. fan base do this? That guy had venom right there. Yeah. Right, literally venom. Yeah. He's yeah. for those who are listening on the pod, Jeff has a venom poster behind him. And that's how it used to be after every every game, no matter what the margin was, mm-hmm. no matter how the team might have played, it's like fire tibs, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, does every fan base do this? I have not met that. a fan base that doesn't do this. That even yeah, pop, every, a future even Hall of Fame gets it. Uh, a future uh, an already Hall of Famer gets yeah. this. So yeah. interesting. He gets he gets the business. He he mm. definitely does. Uh, Spurs fans, not now, not all of them, but there is a big yeah, there's a vocal subset. Of, yeah, a subset that really, really, you know, says you're done, pop. We're we're done. Just wrap mm. it up already. You know, bringing the new blood. Uh, but no, I. Yeah, you know, it's it's a great transition period for the Spurs. You know, I, I I'm old enough to remember when they were, when they first came into the league from mm. but for a little history lesson, everybody. Spurs actually came from Dallas. That's really? their roots, Dallas, Texas. They were called the Dallas Chaparrales. And then that team was floundering. And then the, they approached some businessmen in San Antonio and they said, Do you want to lease, like lease our team and we'll relocate them to San Antonio? So that's how it all happened. And then, hey, San Antonio loves basketball. And away we go. So I've seen these uh, transitions from that to the Gervin era, to the Robinson era, to the Duncan, then the big three. What could have been with Kawhi? Mm. You know, and then that bridge with De- DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge to now Wimby. And let me tell you, the kudos on the Spurs, You re- this, this, this may have been the longest ongoing rebuild project I've seen you know, because Robinson overnight, remember when Robinson came in, he turned, transformed that franchise overnight, not kidding. I mean, it's one of the largest, biggest turnarounds in NBA history. Same thing with Duncan. So then the Spurs dip again, Robinson gets hurt. They bottom out, Duncan come out, and then he brings them back up overnight. I think it was like his Duncan's second or third year. They really want a title. It was yeah, quick. it was the second. It was yeah. his, it was ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Well, you guys, your Knicks boys. fans know that year very well yeah. because they beat yeah. the, the Knicks in the finals. Yeah, you know. And then um, now you're seeing Wimby, and I know Spurs fans want him to be that transformational overnight player, and du- like Duncan and Robinson were. You know, I mean, maybe it could have been Kawhi. You know, if he had stuck around long enough, but. I think Wimby's that's not going to be Wimby's path. Wimby is going to start cooking maybe second year. Yeah. I think that's where we'll see that generational player because I want to see how he handles an 82 game season. That could be his Achilles heel this year, not an opposing defender, not scheming defenses. It might be just the NBA schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So to any Spurs fan that catches this episode and, and, like pushes back on the idea that Wemby can't be that transformative player uh, or compares him to Duncan. My only thought on it is like, I just made sure I look it up. Duncan had four years of college on his belt when he got yeah, drafted. And, he was and, 21 and, years old and, when he and, got drafted. Yeah. And Duncan had a ready-made team for him. Yeah. That team was ready-made. That part that the Spurs, it was really yeah. a one-year stop after Robinson went yeah. down and they were like, take your time. Coming back. Stop, we have a chance yeah. to, to make some history to here. get Timmy. And, and imagine, imagine 
Andrew, you get drafted by the Spurs. You're number one, and your teammate is already David Robinson. Yeah. Sean Elliott. Uh, Avery Johnson, you know, mm-hmm. became the Dallas head coach. Jaron you know, Jackson. Already. Yeah. Jaron Jackson. That's your team, mm-hmm. you know, ready made for you. Same thing with Robinson. Robinson came in with Sean Elliott. Well, not even come in with, but I mean, eventually he, came, you know, you know, they, they, uh, they teamed up. But yeah, Terry Cummings, yeah, for a while, Maurice Cheeks. Mm-hmm. So Wimby's coming in with a developmental phase of the uh, Spurs franchise. Now, I'm not saying he's not going to transform the franchise overnight. He has in different ways, the spotlight, more national TV games, sold out games, ticket sales. Uh, all eyes are on San Antonio. But, you know, Andrew, sometimes I forget. Uh, I think the media forgets that he plays in San Antonio. Because <laughs> it's like, there's Wimby, Wimby playing. Oh, yeah, he plays with the Spurs. But there's Wimby. There's yeah, Wimby. You know? yeah. that's, that's, that's what it feels like sometimes. And so, uh, you know, so I think his path will be a little different than uh, TD's and uh, Robinson's. And that's why I think with that cachet, they have a piss and money and first rounders, second rounders, flippable contracts, young players that could be enticing in a deal. Uh, you know, you can't tell me I'm making this up that you guys wouldn't like to have a De- uh, Devin Vassell oh, or uh, believe me. Uh, yeah. It actually goes back to draft night with Devin Vassell yeah. for me. That was the guy I wanted when they took Obi Toppin was yeah. I, I had a combination. No, look, I'm not. A and that's so funny. Spurs fans wanted Obi Toppin. Did they really? So they that might have actually yeah. been that. There you go. That could have actually worked out that if yeah. both teams had gotten what they wanted because yeah. now there's a fascinating uh, sliding doors moment there where mm-hmm. look, I'm not a draft expert, but I remember just looking. Ah, Devin Vassell seems to be like the the, the comp for him from the, the experts yeah. was Alan Houston, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay, like a, a shooter. The Knicks could probably use a shooter on this roster. Sure. And then they had a second first round pick that year that I wanted them to take Des Bain, and Ted instead they Ooh, nice. instead they got Emmanuel quickly, which I I love quick. I I wanted the Knicks to extend him. Mm-hmm. I still want them to match whatever offer he gets. Um, but like, imagine if they had gone Vassell and Bain instead, and they had these two shooters, Oof. or if they had gone Halliburton and Bain, and that's their backboard for the yeah, next twenty years. Sure. You know, yeah. um, but this is this is life in the lottery. You know, where yeah, you're is. you're taking swings, and I mean, maybe I mean, uh, I mean look at sure, God. Yeah. You know, I was like, look at Portland right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're Scoot. You're like, Ugh. yeah, know, growing pain. That's all it's for Scoot. Just growing pains, which is know. weird because they've surrounded him with a ton of vets like right? like Anthony yeah. Simons is there and yeah. Eaton's there yeah. and you'd think that like that team is a little bit more ready made and I, I right. from the limited Blazers I've watched I haven't been yeah. crazy impressed As but it's, it's been it's been bad for Scoot but I mean hopefully he'll snap out of it but the, yeah you you look at um you know, just Spurs and their trajectory. Obviously, it's sky high right now. You, you throw in Wemby, it's automatic. You know, next. Mm-hmm. You know, like we. You know, Spurs fans are like this. They got a new toy. They're like, when do we win our next title? Mm-hmm. When do we win our next title? And mind you, keep in mind this current generation of Spurs fans. That's all they knew is just winning. Yeah. So all these little, all these kids in their twenties and their early thirties right now, they grew up with titles and parades and deep playoff runs and thrilling games and national TV games. So then they have this one year drown out and then they get Wimby and they're like, okay, so we're going to go through what we just went through for the Mm -hmm. last two decades. 
So th- that's it's just it's not going to work that way. It, there's yeah, two yeah. comps I think that come up when I when I hear that. Part of it being local here in New York, uh, mm-hmm. Yankee fans don't understand oh, yeah. that you're I not guaranteed. Well, you're yeah. not guaranteed the World Series every year. So, you know, going through how spoiled they were with the the late 90s runs and you know now you're just have to settle for Aaron Judge yeah. and best player in yeah. baseball and a couple NL mm-hmm. ALCS trips every year. Apologies to all yeah. the Knicks fans that I'm talking about baseball. But, but, but by the way, side, side note, City yeah. Field is way fan experience, City Field is better than Yankee Stadium. You're speaking to to my love language right now. I will say no, the old Yankee Stadium I liked because oh, old Yankee his, Stadium was fun. The history yeah. that existed yeah. they're like, oh shoot, like Babe Ruth yeah, he played here. Mickey Mantle hit yeah. the legendary home run there. Roger Maris yeah. broke the record there, and the new one is a mall. Like it's a it's, it's a, a tribute mall, yeah. to the old Yankee Stadium. The last time the I was at Yankee Stadium, is. I felt like I was at a golf tournament, like a golf thing. Because <laughs> I think Judge hit like some golf clap, know, some yeah, some some major home run, some historical run, something like that. And this is all I heard. Mm-hmm. I will say that have, the Gobblegool yeah. Yankee fan does exist. Like every time I've been there, yeah. don't you dare wear an opposing hat. But yeah. I, I do agree with you. The it does seem like you're going to an event rather than a right. game. You know, yeah, yeah. So. And that's what I miss about the old Yankee Stadium. But no, City Field, man, that that's fun. Mm. That's a that's a just a fun experience. Home away uh, from home, believe me, it is. Um, but. Uh, circling back to the uh, Spurs well, so game. And- I have another yeah, comp that I wanted to yeah, use yeah, because like the Yankee one is like growing up, experiencing winning and then, you know, not having yeah. that sustained winning anymore can be an adjustment. Mm-hmm. What the Patriots are going through right now where they're mm-hmm. garbage, they're two and seven, <laughs> but there's like a ton. Yeah. There's at least two very good right. quarterback prospects. So could the Patriots get lucky, get the number one pick, get the number two pick, nail the quarterback, and then it's like, great, we're back to winning. Similar to how the Spurs right. are at the moment. We're fans yeah. like we got we got Wemby, good. We're we're the one seed every year again, right? Is that is yeah. that a fair comp that I'm making? That's a that's a big it's a that's a that's a very fair comp. Uh, so we yeah, and look. I get, I get the uh, anxiousness, you know, the hype around Wimby mm-hmm. and what he can do for not just for the San Antonio Spurs, but for the league. And yeah, you feed into that hype. But I always say, let's just calm down. Like after Wimby had that phenomenal game versus the Suns, right on lockdown Spurs the next day, I'm like, great, good job, Wimby. But that's just a first step mm-hmm. because prior to that game, this is what his games were like. Quiet for one period, three, one through three, and then explosion in the fourth. Quiet for periods one through three, explosion in the fourth. That's fine. It's fine. He's one of the better clutch statistically players right now in the league. But for me, I need to see sustained consistency from periods one through four. You got that versus Phoenix. Um, can he do it again? And so far, he has not even mm-hmm. done that. So let's just, I like to see a little bit more consistency out of him. I uh, like to see his teammates give him the ball more. He de- for a 19 year old, he demands the ball. You can see him like, I'm right here. You, you know, I got Andrew Claudio defending me right now. What you know? <laughs> give, give, give me the ball. Throw it you know? up. Just live it yeah, up. <laughs> throw, just throw it up. And they don't. They're like Kelda's like chest pass and the yeah. pick. Mm. You know, so hand bounce pass and a pick. So yeah, get yeah. just it'll be fine, Spurs fans. It'll be fine. 
Uh, hopefully tonight the Spurs and Knicks put on the show, though, because I would love to see Wimby have a phenomenal game in, in the Mecca. So let me ask you, going into this matchup yeah. as a Knicks fan, should I expect a <laughs> them to run an off run the offense somewhat through him, knowing what putting on a show in the Mecca could potentially mean? Oh man, you know, I hope so. I, I hope so. I, I just want to see MSG fans get a treat. You know, obviously, you know, you guys want to win, but to see Wimby do what he did mm-hmm. in Phoenix, re, re, redo that tonight or whenever the show goes out. Um, at the, up, at this, the up, up this morning. Yeah. Up this morning, this, okay, air, yeah. this right. airs 12 hours before tip okay. off. So you're good. All right. So I, I you know, I, I think what we're going to see tonight is a lot more Wimby touches. I just don't know what he'll do with that because he's 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 a very centered player. But I spoke I spoke with French media and they say to him he can get a very emotional. Mm. So you know he takes wins he takes wins with a grain of salt, but he takes losses a little harder. So I think if he wants to erase that bad taste in his mouth, and not only from him personally for how he played versus Indiana, but for the team collectively. You know, so uh, I, I think he'll come out looking to drop some numbers at the Garden, but the guy, the Spurs got to feed him, man. I mean, you're good. Look, you're guaranteed to at least get two plays where you're like, "Whoa, how did a seven foot five guy do that?" You know, that that's that's ha- that's happening during the last few games. You know, how did he shoot his? How did a seven foot five shoot his deep Steph Curry three? You know, mm-hmm. not even near the three line, just near the logo. You know, he did that versus Indiana. Then there's how does how does a seven foot five guy do a Dr. J style rock the baby underneath the basket, you know, drop and in for the bucket. I mean, he's done that already. Uh, then you get those moments where he just puts you uh, puts a player on a poster. You know, I, you know, he did that quite a few times already. Mm-hmm. I think he did that to a Heat player in preseason. I, that, that that moment went viral. Did you see that? Yeah, that heat and player he looked just at the looked bench up like, like, "What am I supposed to do here? What like, am I supposed to do? What is anybody what supposed, supposed to do with this?" Yeah, yeah. So, you, Knicks fans will be entertained uh, th- uh, throughout tonight. But if, if the Spurs are up big, don't think the game is over. <laughs> because they've shown that they can blow leads. They blew a lead versus Phoenix. I watched Phoenix. the end of the... I watched, well, the yeah. Phoenix game, I also watched the end of the Raptor game. So They blew a lead against yeah. the Raptors, so they're, they're trending that way. But the other bad trend, especially for Spurs fans, is that if you punch this team in the mouth fast, mm. they, they might grumble. That's what Indiana did. They just punched them in the mouth quick. And then, boom, they, they were like discombobulated. They were, what do we do? What do we do? And uh, but it's a sign of a young team that's still growing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of it's not as what it used to be in, especially when you had kids coming out after their senior year, that there is a lot of growing pains that exist. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Knicks fans are learning that may have written off like an R.J. Barrett or a Mitchell Robinson in their earlier in their career during some of their Mm -hmm. struggles. And now they're reaping the benefits of two players that are really coming into their own in their, their fifth and, and sixth years and, and starting to perform. And that leads to my last question. And I kind of want to turn it over to you and yes, ask sir. your thoughts on the Knicks. And if you have any questions about the Knicks going into this match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my thoughts on the Knicks, first of all, shout out Knicks, uh, you know, miss seeing you guys out the garden. Mm. Um, you know, I, I like where they're going. The trajectory seems to be going Julius Randall, you know, just doing, you know, 
doing Julius Randle things, putting up numbers. You well, know, got up. off to a bit of a rough start, I will yeah. say, like a historically bad I, rough start. And then I, yeah. what the difference then one game one game yeah. makes, and now everybody's like, yeah. oh, Julius is back. We yeah. remember how ridiculous it was, you know. I'm imagine how the whole Fournier thing goes. That's what I'm wondering about. Yeah, he's very vocal so, about his minutes and playing time. It's funny. Um, here's what I'll say about Fournier. And I know that there was a lot of talk, at least from what we were hearing this offseason, yeah. that the Spurs would be a perfect trade partner right. for Fournier. And he made it very clear, too, that he, he wanted to go be with Wemby. Exactly. With especially Wemby. after yeah. the time he spent like in France with mm-hmm. Wemby. I know they didn't play together in FIBA, but he's like, he knows this player. Mm-hmm. Um, so last Nick signed Fournier two years ago and he played the, the entire season. He was their starting two, and he was part of that Alec Burke starting lineup that had a positive net rating, but there was a very clear trend that the Knicks were better when Quentin Grimes mm-hmm. was on the floor, when Emmanuel quickly played the two, just yeah. when there were other options, they, the way they were able to justify Fournier though, was when he was shooting 40% from three, which he did the entire first season. Mm-hmm. The next year, which was last season, um, Fournier shot like 35% from three for most of his first 20 or so mm-hmm. games. And the Knicks were losing. And the lineup data was just like every single lineup that involves him is not good. And Tibbs eventually yeah. made the switch to be like, I, I'm going to go in a different direction. This this is just what's best for the team. And the Knicks took off once I mean, once. Quentin Grimes became the starting two once Emmanuel quickly became both the backup point guard and the closing two. Mm -hmm. And then you add in the trade for Josh Hart. Like they just, they have so many wings on this roster that are better options on both sides of the court. There was a moment over the last couple Mm -hmm. of the Knicks got off to an uncanny poor start shooting the three point ball. They were second in the sport in open looks from three. So four to six, so four to six feet closest defender, right? They were second only to the Warriors, like the gold standard standard for offensive creation, right? And they were last at three-point percentage. So it was like, maybe you should just give Fournier a look if this gets to 10 or 12 yeah. games sure. in the start. Yeah. What do you got to lose? Yeah. And then yesterday they shot 38% from three and and blew, <laughs> ran the Clippers off the court. So once regression happened, the formula for what makes the Knicks work, yeah. which is intensity on both sides of the court, Unfortunately, Fournier just is an, an odd man out here. Yeah, I think if like they it, could yeah. find a home for him, they would have already. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is a trade to be made that will send Fournier out. So we've seen this with with other players. Obi Toppin wanted yeah. more minutes, went to another team. Now he's starting for mm-hmm. Indiana. Cam Reddish wanted a bigger role, went to Portland first, started for mm-hmm. them. And now he's like playing 40 minutes a night with the Lakers. So... Mm-hmm. I do think there is a path for Fournier. I empathize with his situation. I haven't like pushed back against any of the things he said vocally because he's trying to save his career. It's just factual in the data that the Knicks are better when he doesn't play. It's just an unfortunate situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully that'll clear up for you guys, but I'm looking forward to a great game. Um, wish I was at MSG to watch it, mm. but I'll definitely check out the Knicks when they're in San Antonio. That's for sure. That's for sure. So, um, I look, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing Wemby. I've only seen him. Um, I'm not going to the game. I'm just like, yeah, I've only seen him play. Now. I've only seen him play like other teams. And now knowing how the Knicks play and the, the Mitchell Robinson is 45 offensive rebounds right now. Mm-hmm. The next closest has like 27. I think it's, it's mm-hmm. Oscar Thompson in, in, right. uh, in Detroit. 
Uh, so I'm curious to see what Wemby looks like against a very physical big that's off to a great season start. Me too. Um, there's the Julius yeah. Randle impact. Is Julius struggles against rim protection and probably the purest right sign now, of yeah. rim protection right now. Yeah, it, it's just Wemby. Yeah, uh, but Julius is also a bit of a bowling ball when he gets downhill. So I'm curious, like, if he's able to create some space mm-hmm. against a 19 year old in Wemby. Um, yeah, I How think are, he'll be able to. I think he'll be able to. Yeah. The, the right now, the physicality, he's he's getting used to that right now. Yeah, but I'm I'm also curious about this matchup more than anything, and you'll appreciate this as someone who who has an affection for New York, as the great Frank Sinatra says, "If you can make it here, you can make Absolutely. it anywhere." So Absolutely. if yeah. if Wemby comes in and puts on a show in his first trip to the Garden, then the that that's a moment that people will keep talking about. And uh, I just, I, I hope he puts on a mm-hmm. show and the Knicks end up with a victory. <laughs> um, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. I appreciate I'm, I'm you. Hoping, I'm hoping for a show too and a Spurs victory. Yes, yes. of course you are. Of course you are. Um, before you get out of yeah, here, tell yeah. everybody where they can find Locked on Spurs and anything else you want to plug. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Locked on Spurs, uh, pick a platform. We are there uh, from YouTube, from the Ken's 5 Plus app to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. The list goes on and on. Uh, we got a lot of a lot of great guests that come on, a lot of good people come on. Uh, we're starting uh, to really dive into the numbers now that our sample size is getting larger every game. We're starting to see trends, uh, things with Wemby. So if you want all things Wembyama, go to Locked on Spurs, and we appreciate you subscribing. Of course. Thank you, Jeff. Yes, sir. Once again, a big thank you to Jeff for coming on today's pod and helping me preview this matchup between the Knicks and the Spurs. Wemby's first game to MSG. I am curious how often the rest of the Spurs are going to come up throughout the broadcast, uh, but we'll have it covered for you, uh, whether it be during the game, myself, XJ, Mensa, we're going to be on YouTube during the game for another watch along as well as on playback for those of you that are able to watch it on that platform. And then John will be on the post game as we always are recapping what is hopefully a second straight Knicks win, which gets them back to 500 when they should have got to be honest that there's a fun thing going on with the young players on this team. I know Julius drove us crazy through the first six or seven games, but What's happening with RJ? What's happening with Mitch? You know, with with Grimes having flashes here and there, with quickly being his normal self. There's some fun things happening with the young kids, and we should we should enjoy it while we can. You know, RJ playing like this in continuation of last year's playoffs. I gotta be honest, like we we said all summer, like what RJ was in the playoffs. I want to see if that carries over to the regular season this year. No, nobody made the consideration that that could happen with Mitch Robinson. He just like. Found out against the Cavs. Oh, no one could stop me. And he's just been a force this entire season. So um, I'm curious to see if that force continues against a a phenom like Wemby, who has been able to be pushed around, apparently. And we'll see what happens on Wednesday night. Uh, That'll do it for me. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. I'll be back with this pod on Sunday morning. So it'll drop at midnight because the game's at noon. But we'll preview the game against the Hornets on Sunday morning. Uh, Hopefully have you covered there before the Knicks tip off on a Sunday matinee. But until next time, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. Let's go Knicks. And I'll speak with you soon. Peace.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.